Welcome to Deadly Days, Tales of Dark Fantasy. This is episode number 27, if you believe that. I'm Joe Bandel, your host. I translate these stories from the German, and I publish them either in book form or... Uh, I am going to be putting some of these out as Kindle books, but anyway... I specialize in authors like Hans Heinz Ewers and Carl Hans Strobel, Paul Besson, and a few others. Uh, so I draw some. I draw some of these short stories from those authors, or also from Dear Orchidian Garden, which is the world's first illustrated fantasy magazine that came out in 1919 and went for three years and also from the magazine cocaine which only had uh, four issues which I translated for Sidereal Press as a limited edition so a lot of these stories have never been told. They've never been translated into English before. And you do have a variety of, of authors. If you are interested in these kind of stories, you can Google me, uh, Joe Bandel, band like a rock and roll band, E-L, or all my stuff is on published by lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. I have a spotlight there where everything's listed, lulu.com slash spotlight slash anarchist banjo. Or you can, if you knew the name of some of the authors, you could uh, do a search on the authors as well. I am planning to get a better web page set up over before Christmas, but right now this is the best we've got. So with that, uh, okay, uh, German decadence. A lot of these stories come from a period of German decadence. And today's story is actually taken from the first issue of Cocaine, which came out in January 1925. And it's interesting in that it's not really a story, I don't think. Uh, but it is one of the one of the reasons why cocaine got canceled because it got into too much trouble. And the uh, it's a section. You'll see as I start reading it what I'm talking about. But it's extraordinary woman, women. And this is going to be part one. So we have two or three segments of this that's going to come up. And maybe you'll see why it was, uh, it got into trouble. So here, here we go. Forward by the editor. The letters and diary pages, which we print in the following section, have been turned over to us by a lady whose professional circumstances 
require that a good part of her life is spent on the railways of Central Europe, and she has to make her home in many different locations. She changes her domicile often, staying in one location for a month or sometimes a week or only days at a time. This is emphasized to explain some inconsistencies or fragmentary records in her diaries. Her exceptional station in life, which is independent in every way, makes her interactions with the large, elegant world understandable. Her cultivated tastes, when in nature and captivating appearance, has secured her the trust and intimate friendship of many distinguished families of the international world. She has carefully recorded all the impressions and moods from her very eventful and varied life. The purpose of this publication is only to reveal to the reader the world of this extraordinary woman a world of complications and tragic conflicts, a world full of puzzles and incomprehensibilities. We have taken on the obligation of changing names to prevent as much as possible any identification of specific persons. The beginning of these records goes back to 1916. We will, however, proceed non-chronologically in the selection of manuscripts, and moreover, edit some places that are not suitable for publication at the risk of causing ambiguities in the text. Further publication will be made in accordance with review of the diverse manuscript material under the heading Extraordinary Women. For better understanding, we will call the lady in question Vera. Berlin 18, April 1923, in the hotel. So this is the beginning of the diary entries. I have told the maid not to let anyone in. Now I can be certain of remaining undisturbed as I prepare for the trip. This time in Berlin was not very pleasant. I could never, never get the attention of the attaché, and when I tried, he was never alone. I almost got the impression that it was no longer working on him, at least not like it did two months ago when I was able to flatter him into giving me the letter from L, which was so useful for us. At that time, he assured me that he would have given away his entire country if I had only worn the hem of my dress an inch above the knee. I have become used to this and similar requests for years, and I hardly notice it anymore. If I find myself in the predicament of needing to have this or that wish done for me, I will raise the border a little bit. But this is usually achieved only by raising it an inch above the knee. I will certainly be careful not to repeat the whimsical things I did a week, few weeks ago in Nice. I must have been out of my mind when I invited Egon to visit me in my hotel room at midnight. I was in bed. It was foolhardy, but indispensable. I got the mailing slip, but paid dearly, with almost all of my principles. His arm movements were insane, like those of an uncaged animal. And finally, he had to choose his preference. 
in my presence. Soon the parlor girl appeared and said that the gentleman who had just been sitting with me had sent her away because she was not as good as I was. She was a lovely little blonde girl, slim, supple, with wonderfully gentle hands. A short black skirt covered her figure, which was perfectly proportioned. It reached up to her just an inch below the knee, and from there on down you could see her leg shimmering through the openings in her silk stockings. I think you look just fine, my beautiful child, I said. The gentleman must be joking. That's what I thought, too, that it was a joke, she smiled. But let me invite you instead, under the pretense of being indisposed. And? And we will just play, entertain each other. Are you up for it? And do you enjoy it? I instinctively learned very quickly things that I did not know before in terms of skill. Soon, after a very short time, I was also enjoying it. She instructed me. A little later, her gaze slid over my body. You are completely a mess, madam. May I straighten out your clothes? And she touched me with her wonderfully gentle fingers. It was beautiful and nice but nasty, very nasty here in Berlin. I have achieved nothing, and tomorrow I must go to Vienna. Should I ask the attaché to come to me tonight? No, I am afraid to experience a complete defeat. Yesterday evening, when I pretended to encounter him by accident in the company of two Browns, I went more than an inch above my knee. It did not work. A suspicion occurs to me that young Brown, oh, that is painful. So that is what it was. Now I understand why he does not look at me, this old sheep. Now I can peacefully pull up my tent and travel to Vienna. I cannot do anything here. My God. But how will I get the sketches of Troy? Well, maybe when I return, I will probably have to enlist young Brown. Then I will get the sketches. Berlin 1, May 1923. My sweet Vera, now you have been gone for six days and God knows how long your business will keep you in Vienna but I would be reassured if I had the certainty that you will not go astray. Richard will certainly want to hang on to you there, but that does not scare me. I know you are protected from him. But what, what I am very, very worried about, my little Vera, is that you could get caught in the clutches of Mia there. I despair at this thought. Beware of her, my dear, dear Vera. If you forget yourself just once, you will never be able to get rid of her. She will follow every trace, and you will not be safe in any part of the world. Then the same thing will happen to you that happened to little Magda, who finally, as you know, was only able to free herself through force. I was just thinking how fun it was yesterday evening as I waited for Magda under the linden. 
where I encountered Otto. Yes, he is sinfully stupid, a nice guy, but criminally dumb. He would not leave, told me all kinds of idiocies, and went so far in his tastelessness as to invite me to his studio. I was sick. Now live well, my little Vera. Think of our last get-together. Especially think of me. You already know why. I kiss you. You're Irene. Write a lot and often. Vienna, 6 May, 1923, at the hotel. Meanwhile, in Munich, I had some things to do at Vilshoff's, and am happy to say that everything was completed. The old man grumbled and only with difficulty decided to give me a copy. After I sat across from him and my dress shifted a good five centimeters higher than I intended. After that, everything happened without any particular difficulty, except for the obnoxiousness of the young Vilshoff. However, I got him into a skewed situation after I invited his lovely sister to join our conversation. She had been listening behind a niche. I delighted in the embarrassment of the girl. It was too bad that she ran away after it got too colorful. An hour later, I met with her alone in her room. She was fiddling with books. I approached her, and her entire body trembled when I reached out to her. I reproached her for leaving me alone to fend off her brother's crude attacks but she remained shy and said nothing. She gladly accepted my invitation to visit me soon in Vienna, but explained that she had to get her papa's con consent first. It is late night. Kartnerstrasse, which I overlook from my window, is almost deserted. Some women just go rushing up and down the street. Maybe I should. No. I will have a bath drawn for me. And that is the end of that section. As you can see, this is a diary, entries, letters, supposedly. Um, but it's also why this mag one of the reasons this magazine got canceled. You'll, we'll, we will find out more about that next time. Till then, thank you.